0: What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, first things first, remember to go hit that Patreon, patreon.com slash kinda neat, where you are going to be able to pledge, if you are a weekly listener, like I've said a million times before, if you are a weekly listener, please do that and help us keep the lights on. But if you are just tuning in for the first time to hear our chat with NetArb, then don't worry about it. I say that every episode. I'm not some thirsty old person just asking for money. Uh, I've been doing this for quite so many years and uh, that is what helps us keep the show going. So go to patreon.com slash kind of neat. That's the only advertisement you will hear. (sighs) Guys, guys, guys. I want to talk quickly about uh, an episode a couple weeks ago with our new buddy, Jizzle. I've noticed some of the comments on the YouTube video, because I do read those comments saying things kind of like, yeah, I don't know, this the flow is good, but she's not saying anything, or like, oh, this is two minutes and 15 seconds of intro. Like, I get it, but I want to talk about listening habits a little bit, because I know some of you guys that tune in, particularly to the YouTube channel, are young, like- this is a gateway into what your future music habits are going to be. And I know that we're not always going to agree on everything that sounds cool, that I think sounds cool and that you think sounds cool. And that's fine. Cause there's some stuff that on the channel that you guys think sounds cool that I'm like, not a hundred percent about, which is also fine because I'm still trying to like, you know, it's still just an algorithm in my head that makes sense about what ends up on the channel. But I had some advice given to me as a young rap fan when I was about 18 or 19, when I was like just into super lyrical, spiritual, miracle, cheerio, fucking, I just wanted to hear bars and lyrics and everything, you know? And I was like, if there's not some complex rhyme scheme with a fucking, with multi-leveled or layered metaphors, then it's not dope, you know? It needs to be bars and multi-syllabic rhyme schemes, et cetera, et cetera. And I had an older friend who was like, look, man, that shit's cool. But like, you know, the other thing to remember is that sometimes it's not what you say, but it's how you say it or things that are left unsaid or dead space are just as important as the syllables that get filled in. Right. And at the time I went, that sounds like some bullshit. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, like sometimes like it's not what you say, it's how you say it. But let me tell you something, and Jizzle is a perfect example, that sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Because I don't give a fuck what anybody says. And like, let me preface this by saying the overwhelming majority uh, of responses to that video have been positive. Almost everybody's like, oh man, thank you for introducing me to this hot fire. I'm just taking like two comments as an example. Because they are comments that I've seen on other videos on the channel as well. Uh, I just think that some of you guys got to remember that... It's not always about what's being said. Sometimes it's just how you say it because there are things that a rapper can have that I and many other people on the internet refer to as intangibles, right? Like, oh, explain to me why this is dope. I can't really explain it. It's just something intangible. It's a feeling. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't think that you have to be any sort of intuitive genius to hear. I'm using Jizzle as an example because it's just uh, visceral and on my mind. But someone like her, when you hear that music, you don't need to be like <laughs> like I said, you don't need to be some kind of genius to feel like like wow, this is something special. You know what I mean? You can just watch her movements, listen to her voice, hear the energy behind it, and feel it and just know like, ooh, that like that sounds good. Like she could have been wrapping the ingredients off of a Campbell soup can and that shit still would have sounded tight and some people go, well, well pff, it's just because it's a dope beat and like yeah, dude, but guess who picked that beat? Like there is a there is a talent in these things that young backpacker fans often forget or don't even realize yet. Like there is an art to picking a beat. There is an art to picking a beat that you will sound good on. There is an art to becoming one with that beat and making it into a hit record and just like sounding good over it. And if you can sound good over something, that's half the battle of being an artist. And I don't care if if over something like that, if she was going to be like, hey yo, I bomb Atomically. like I'm not trying to hear that over that beat. Like the way she utilized that beat is an art. Period. And so uh that's the end of that rant. I'm using Gisela as an example because like I said, it's on the it's fresh on my mind. But you guys gotta remember sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I know that those of you who are fans of intuition music, and that's how you found this podcast, then then you could say, well, it's totally about what you say and not how you say it. And I would say, I know that because I certainly do not have nearly as much charm or swag or whatever. I don't have those certain intangibles that many other artists have. All that I have is like, a voice that I learned to make decent and a lot of bars and raps and rhymes. But, like, I'll be the first to admit that, like, my fucking rap style is formulaic. Go listen. I have one rap style and, like, and I wish I had more styles, but, like, I just know how to do the one thing really good. And so I look up to artists like her who are able to, like, in just in that song, she rapped in fucking four different styles if you're paying attention. And that, to me, is a talent that is just is just amazing. It's great. Okay. So that ends that topic. Another topic, just referring to YouTube comments. Now, shout out to the homie cam boy, I think is or cam boy. I forget how he spells it, but, uh, there's a dude that always comments on the YouTube channel named cam and, uh, I fuck with him. And he always comments on the, uh, specifically on the actual podcast posts. And he said something about, um, after the long hiatus, he was like, "Oh man, I know that you have to like you know take time off sometimes to concentrate on your health and various other things or getting healthy and whatever he's like, but we missed the podcast, and I responded to that comment on YouTube, but I, I do want to say like I didn't take that month off just because of getting healthy, but I do remember that a few months ago, I want to say like back in I don't know January ish or something I was talking about the health kick that I was on, and so I wanted to kind of complete that story to let you guys know how it went so At my fattest, around last July or June, whenever my brother got married, I think maybe around June, I was up at, like, around 2.30. I looked terrible in the fucking wedding pictures. I look fat as fuck. And, And I shaved my beard at that time, so I was, like, looking extra pudgy because everyone knows that when you're bald and you have a beard, it's merely to hide a double chin, period. So... Yeah, I was up to like 230 and I'm only six foot. So walking around at 230, that's pretty bulky. My goal was to get down to 200. I wanted to try to lose 30 pounds because I feel like, like I said, I'm 35. If you don't lose it at that point, you're never going to lose it. So I started doing two a days where I was going hiking up the Baldwin Hill stairs and then going to the gym and lifting weights and eating extra healthy and like cut all my portions in half off top cuz I'm like I'm like a symptomatic overeater like I'm a, the quintessential overeater and then around December I got on this like one of those kind of like app things where you know you're doing an exercise program where you're working out 5 times a Five times a week and it it was like this 40-20 where I would work out for 40 seconds and take a break for 20 and it was intense and it worked great and it it ended in February right before I left for Japan. So it it coincidentally ended on the day that my flight to Japan took off uh, for that snowboarding trip. So I was in really great shape when I left for that trip. Unfortunately, I never made my goal weight of 200, but I did make it down to 210, which was fantastic. I'm still hovering around there right now. I've probably gained a couple pounds because what happened is when I got back from Japan, I started that exercise program again, but it kind of plateaued off and it's not having the same effect as me. And I've also noticed that I'm like not paying as close attention to what I'm eating, et cetera, et cetera. And my weight fluctuates hella easy. So when I took that month off, I wasn't just working on health, but I did think that I should update you guys on where I was at with that. I don't know why. I'm only doing that because I'm an egomaniac, and I think that anybody's listening to this. But I know none of you are listening to this, and that's fine too. It's fine if you fast forward to the beat. I don't care. But – This is cheaper than a therapist. Unfortunately, I've had to change my workout routine one more time because my left arm is basically about to fall off. I have like a strained tendon in my bicep and I'm having shoulder issues, the same kind of like bursitis issues that I was having in my right shoulder a couple summers ago, if you guys listen real close, uh, when I had to get the cortisone shot. So now that's happening in my left shoulder instead of my right shoulder. So basically I can't lift any weights right now. It hurts to do a pull-up. It hurts to do a push-up. So that sucks. So what I've started trying to do is jog and... Jogging is a bitch. Let me tell you, it is not fun, but I'm doing it and I'm trying to keep the weight down. But I do notice that it's like not as effective for me as the kind of like full body workouts. So eventually, once this arm heals, I'll start getting back into it again. But I promise you one thing, I'm not going to get back up to 30 because that is just too fat for your boy. And I want to remain handsome for all of you loyal listeners. So anyhow, those are my updates and I hope you guys really take that. If you're a fucking backpack rapping ass fan, more power to you. I can paint a picture for you if you're a backpack and rapper ass fan. I can paint a perfect picture of who you are. You're about 19, you're overwhelmingly white. You're probably you're you're probably white. You probably got really into rap just within the last two years, even though your parents grew up mostly listening to another genre, but you're obsessive. And so when you find out about a new type of music, you want to dive head fucking first into it and just soak up everything that you can. And you've probably had conversations on the internet about real hip hop versus fake hip hop or mainstream rap, lamestream rap, maybe you call it, but you definitely differentiate between hip hop and rap, which there's no. That's a stupid conversation. Just stop having it. But if you're that guy, then take that advice that I gave at the beginning and just remember, like, you will have so much more fun listening to music if sometimes you can just accept that a song is dope simply because it's dope. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes there's no explanation. It's just intangibly fucking good. And it's the combination of the whole thing. Maybe no one part is fantastic by itself but for some reason it all comes together to make an amazing song and that's a solid rap listening advice okay today on the show this is a long intro and we have a fucking long podcast but that's okay i've been talking about this dude ned arb for i mean i mention him all the time and if you listen to other la podcasts like he's like the guest that everyone has on everyone's hat on and i haven't had him on yet because I don't know. Part of me has just been waiting for the right time. Like, I've always seen a lot of potential in Ned. We talk about it on the show. He's somebody that I met when he was still just a kid. He was probably 19. When, when we started talking online and shit, he would ask me to intern for kind of neat. And he would tell me like, Oh, I have this friend, Milo, who raps and da, 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 da. And like, Oh, Milo got signed to Hellfire and this, that, and the other. So you know, we've been in contact for a while and he's always been kind of like the little homie. But as I've been watching him progress, he's become like just the regular homie because he's out here making his own waves. And sometimes it takes a minute when you're that close to something, like sometimes you have to take a step back and, and go like, oh, wait, like this isn't the little homie anymore. This is just like a peer, you know? And so he's at the point where he's like definitely just a peer, you know? And, uh, He's somebody that has that certain talent to just be able to hear something so raw and out of the ordinary that that a trained ear might not understand at all, and go like, "Oh, this is the next shit." And I've mentioned him a bunch of times on this podcast, so you're familiar with his name. And I always mention him in the same bread or in the same breath as uh, as speak because speak was like that when we were younger too. He, I mean, he still is, but it's one of those things where like you can hear something that's so raw and so different. And, and to me, sometimes it sounds shitty, you know, like I don't have that same ear for it as, as folks like him do, but he can hear something that's, completely not polished yet and go like, this is going to be huge. And so uh, that's the kind of talent that Ned has. And he also makes beats. Uh, He has a penchant for sampling old emo shit, putting drums over it and producing for folks like Lil Peep, Lil Tracy, Horsehead, I think Wiccaface, like all kinds of folks. So he's somebody that floats around the Kind of Neat world and has put me on to guests that we've had that have gone on to do great things. He was one of the people where when I was going to have Ghost Man on, I said, yo, I, I texted Ned like, yo, I just saw this dude, Ghost Man, perform like you think you'd be tight as a guest on Kind of Neat? He was like, yeah. And lo and behold, fucking biggest episode we had last year. So Ghost Man was actually in the other room while we were doing this podcast. Fucking great, great guy. Anyway, without further ado, this is a conversation with one of the um, biggest mavens and connectors in los angeles and his name is Braden, but you guys might know him better as nedurb nagrum here it is i've known you for a long time i get your i get your rap name wrong all the time because my my dyslexic mind just wants to call it's you by hard. your real name. Yeah, it's hard. It is. But I've, I've known you since before you got out here. Mm-hmm. So let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? I always forget. Is it Wisconsin?
1: No, I'm originally from a province called Alberta in Canada. Oh, yeah.
0: Canada. So, ah, that's, yeah. yeah
1: right. I'm Canadian. Uh, I was born in Edmonton, but I grew up in a city called Medicine Hat, which is like a few hours uh, away from Calgary and then in uh is in that fifth how grade, you say calgary
0: is yeah calgary
1: yeah no shit that's how like canadians will say it and shit no kidding but um no like i i lived there for a long time my dad's a hockey coach so every time we would move it was because he would like coach a new college and shit so
0: that's the most canadian thing i've ever heard yeah yeah
1: and my mom's just a social worker so she can pretty much get like some social working job wherever. but like My family really wanted to move to America for some reason. And the rest of my family was like kind of beefing about it. But yeah, when I was in fifth grade, we drove from Alberta to I lived in Lake Placid, and I lived there for a year when I was in fifth grade, and then
0: Lake Placid is that Michigan?
1: No, what? in New York, upstate New York, New where, York. The, where the Olympics were in my thirty two and eighty. My geography is
0: terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so in fifth grade, you moved from Canada to America. And yep. What was the science behind that? When you say your family got mad at it, you, like the the like my extended, the extended family, family, they got were got just mad-
1: like, "Why are you guys going to America? Like, what the fuck?" Because a lot of Canadians think like Americans are like insane, which I mean. We are definitely are. Yeah. So I mean, they, we, my. It was just a better opportunity because my dad could make more money at a, at a at a college than in than what was offered like up there.
0: So your dad is born and raised in Canada. He was born in Germany because okay.
1: my grandfather was in the army. He like fixed tanks and shit. But in the, um, in the German army? No, in the Canadian army. In the, okay, I was like, which so war? They were just. We talking they, about? they were just stationed in. Uh,
0: in, in Germany.
1: Germany when he was born. And then, uh, but no, he's a Canadian citizen. He grew up in, uh, he grew up in British Columbia and yeah. in Medicine Hat. And then my mom's from Canada too, like a uh, Swift Current, Saskatchewan.
0: So uh, do you guys uh, parlez-vous Francais? No, that's no, only in that's Quebec only and like Quebec.
1: like eastern parts of Canada. But they made us like take French when I was like growing up. But right. it never really stuck with me.
0: Um, did your dad want you to play hockey then?
1: Yeah, I played hockey for fourteen years. Like, oh really? Are yeah, I'm good? like super good. Like, like no shit. Yeah, like uh, if I never picked up uh, if I never picked up music, I probably would have like went to the NHL. Like I was super fucking good at hockey. Like, really? Yeah. Like, but so I was on like. Like, even when I was in high school, I was, like, the only freshman to make, like, the varsity team. Wait, what year were you? I mean, um, what month were you born in? December 19th.
0: Oh, so you got to be—you were the oldest of the young kids in the college? I was off. the youngest
1: kid in my grade. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, so have you ever read Outliers? I talk Mm-mm. about this all the time. So in Outliers, the very first chapter of it is about how, like, most of the people in the NHL are born between, like, these three months. For and, real? and it's because of the cutoff, the yeah. way the Canadian leagues work. It's yep. like if you're the oldest kid, then you're going to be the biggest kid, mm-hmm. and then you'll get advanced to comp teams faster. I was,
1: I was the, the youngest. So, I was like 13 when I m- made that team. No shit. Yeah. So, I was like super fucking young, but like travel teams and all that. Yeah. And then I went to, I got recruited to play at a prep school called uh, Hebron, yeah. Hebron Academy in Maine. Uh-huh. So, I'd like moved and lived in like a dorm at this, like, at this uh, private school f- pretty much for free because like I-, I got recruited. But no when we, shit. but they kind of fucked me over because when I got there and we did tryouts, like, I was, like, the second person, like, um, below, uh, like, the roster to, like, make it. Like, I actually didn't make the varsity team. Uh. So, and then at those type of schools, like, you have to play a sport every season. So the JV team would be a bunch of kids who, like, it would be, like, 30 kids, half of them really good that just didn't make varsity, and the other half, like, who didn't even know how to skate. And so, like, it fucked up my passion for hockey, Uh. and I started, like, skipping practice and shit. And even before that, when I was a freshman, I like broke my collarbone. Uh, so when I got back, to, I, I I moved back to New Hampshire because after Lake Placid, we had moved to New Hampshire. So after that, then I, I went back and just played played varsity again. But I just got kind of tired of it, and then started making music.
0: So did you guys move from um, Medicine Hat to Lake Placid because your dad got a new job on a new hockey yeah. team?
1: No, he oh, no. he yeah, pretty much. He was like. Um, he was like the athletic director at a college in Medicine Hat, Okay. and then he got a job as a as an AD at a college in Lake Placid. Uh-huh. And then the boss of the uh, of the job he had in Lake Placid worked at Dartmouth um, in New Hampshire, yeah. and like hooked him up with the women's hockey coach job there.
0: No shit. <laughs> yeah. So is like, that what he's still doing?
1: Yeah, but he coaches at Yale now. Your dad coaches at Yale. Yeah. Hockey. Yeah. Damn! Like that's, women's hockey, but, that's like, tight. he only has ever coached women's. Well, he used to coach men's, but women. He likes women's more, because. Like it's it's more focused on like the the tech the technicals of hockey. It's like because you can't you can't be physical, right? So it's like more about
0: the actual shots fired at women. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Hey, we're a feminist podcast here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I actually one of my one of my favorite English teachers was a woman's a uh, women's hockey player. For real? Yeah, in college I forget where she went, but like she went to a pretty esteemed college for hockey. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. How was your relationship with your dad? Like, was it was is he a super competitive guy? Not like. Very very emotional or uh, no
1: he's super emo really my, hell yeah my dad's like a he's a simp like i am like really he he's really moody and shit but like uh growing up i had a straight relationship with my dad but the only person who could ever get me really fucking mad was him like growing really? up but another reason why i started doing music instead of sports and shit was because he was always my fucking coach like oh, yeah. and that shit got like hell annoying and like when i like I didn't like having to deal with like him being like no nah, you gotta do it this way so right. i was like "Fuck this i'm gonna just like be in punk bands and what shit. did you play uh
0: f- for, for a hockey what position i was
1: center oh okay
0: yeah so so you were like we're very good with yeah i Paul was Candley good i was that. good as like shit. you're the man yeah that's tight dude I, yeah. I had no idea yeah had no idea um so when you go off to that boarding school how how is that being away from the fam
1: that one was i was cool with being away from my family but all the kids there were like rich ass spoiled ass kids like women's hockey coaches don't make that much money and social workers wait, get wait, dicked. wait.
0: you're telling me that women's hockey coaches don't make that much money <laughs> that is this is a surprising fact for me no, no they don't kidding, no. all right <laughs> shut, <laughs> shut the fuck up but yeah
1: so like when i went there i was i was uh I would go to school with kids like you know that store Bloomingdale's. Yeah, right. Like it would be like the child of that family, like going there, like yeah. just rich. It's fucking... like Kyle
0: Bloomingdale.
1: Yeah, and I was like, I was like a like an emo kid who just played sports. So yeah, like, how would
0: you get into emo music? I see the old like throwback Thursdays you post, and you're like very MySpace era uh, fucking bangs and everything.
1: Yeah, one time when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, my family went back to visit my um, family. In, in, Medicine uh, in Medicine Hat and I have an uncle whose name is Sean and he's like my, my mom's uh, stepbrother uh-huh. and fucking he's like younger he's only like five years older than me right and so he's so he like me, a big brother yeah and he showed me two bands he showed me Cradle of Filth and from first to last, uh-huh. and from first to last was Skrillex's old band, mm. and then Curl of Filth was like the first like heavy ass shit I heard. So right. I got into like emo and then like metal shit, and then I just was that I was just like obsessed with it, like all ever since I got into it. Um, when you
0: look back at that, that your uncle Sean is that? Do you kind of look at him as like? Wow, the root of all my tastes come from this dude?
1: That dude and my uncle Liam, who's my dad's brother, who's who's the only other person in my family with tattoos. And, like, he he was in bands. He gave me a drum set when I was, like, four years old, and, like, he, he, like, taught me how to pretty much play drums when I was, like, really young. And, like, That's he's dope. my biggest supporter in my family. Like That's dope. Yeah. He's it's hard.
0: funny. Well, because I, f- I think that uh, you and my mentality of, like, hunger for new stuff is not that different. Mm-hmm. And I think that every everyone <laughs> that I meet like that who's always, like, trying to hear new music and, and talk about new bands and this and that and the other, like – there's that person in their life that like that pivotal person that changed right. their perspective on music, and I have one just like that who was more—he was like my dad's friend who was much younger than him, who kind of seemed like a an older brother, mm-hmm. and he gave me like a Rage Against the Machine tape when yeah. I was like ten. Yeah, you know, I loved right? Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, shit like that. Um, so that's interesting that you that, have that guy too.
1: Yeah, it's those two, and the one thing my parents showed me because they only really listen to country music, but my mm-hmm. dad used to like eighties rock a lot. But I remember one. One time I found a Green Day CD in like my car when Dookie? I was like Yeah, it was Dookie. Yeah. 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 And I so that was like the first punk shit I heard yeah, like right. when I was like fucking like eight years old. That's like
0: the easiest like gateway to punk. Like Hell it's yeah. a very palatable pop punk record that yeah. then, and then you can go like, well wait, who influenced these guys? Yeah. And then you like get into all the all the crazier shit.
1: Yeah, because like nobody really showed me rap like cause I I didn't grow up in like big like cities and shit and like all oh, me- my friends. Oh, Medicine were just, Hat's not a big city. No, not no no. no. And, <laughs> that like, shit it, and like it sounds like it has a saloon in it. Fuck no, it does for sure. <laughs> that like my parents met at a bar, like right. But fucking, I I first got into rap like aside from like Eminem and shit. Like I remember I had a I went to like a like not like a daycare but I had to go after like. F- in sixth grade, my parents made me go to like some A ladies community house. center. Oh no! Yeah, okay. some yeah, shit yeah, like right. that where like I would be watched until my parents right, got right. off work. I feel and she had uh, she had she she had like BET, and I would watch BET. And during that time, crunk music was super yeah. big. So my first like favorite rappers were like Ying Yang Twins, Hell and then yeah. like Lil Jon and shit like right. that. You're like, hey, so, hey, mama, let me whisper. Yeah, you. yeah, exactly. And then like Kanye and shit, I really like too, but. Yeah, that shit was funny.
0: So uh, th- how long w- were you in the emo phase? Like, was that all, still, the way,
1: all the way through high school? All the way through high school, like, for sure. Like, in and in college, too, because then we moved to Wisconsin. I went to college there for a bit. But I still really love it, but definitely, like, all through high school. I was yeah. super into it.
0: Did you, like, finally give up on hockey? Was there, like, a year where you're like, I'm done with this?
1: Well, it was when – it was, like, my parents really wanted me to play college hockey. Yeah. And I was just like, nah, like, I don't want to
0: anymore. But you got – did you get scouted by colleges?
1: No, but I could have played for, like, my – because my dad – Moved to become the women's hockey coach at Saint Norbert College, which is like in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. So we moved there, and I was good enough to be on that team, but right. for the men's side. But I just was like, oh, you fuck wouldn't have for the
0: girls. <laughs> yeah, uh. exactly. <laughs> Again, <laughs> for the men's side. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, how did you like school? Uh, like high school and shit. Just like school in general. Were you a book guy?
1: No, not at all. Were like
0: you, you just didn't like school.
1: No, I I liked going to school but the, i just the yeah like i was really social i was friends with like everybody um i was still like the people connector back then i was gonna like, say
0: like knowing your role kind of in the scene nowadays i would imagine that you probably had friends in every different yeah, kind of social like,
1: group yeah like even like the jocks to the emo kids to like the people who like go hunting and like like drive big trucks and shit like that right. like there was a lot of like hick type people you just there got along
0: shit. with everybody yeah pretty much and i bet when you look back and I, like even now you could probably go like oh hey man you hunter guy that like has mm-hmm. never talked to this nerd guy you guys actually yeah. probably yeah, would probably be very similar and would like each other
1: yeah exactly but yeah. no i liked i liked school i, I really liked english and like I just hated fucking math. Like I always hated math. But aside from that, I I was okay in school. Like I didn't do like the fucking best. But
0: yeah, I'm you-
1: not a dumbass. Like I just hated. I I hated like tests and shit. Like I would get like anxious and shit when I would take
0: them. Now I don't. I don't like. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that we kick it all the time leisurely. But I picture you now as a bit of a party animal. Is that accurate?
1: It's like kind of accurate. Yeah,
0: pretty accurate. So, were you an early party animal? Uh yeah. When
1: like, did, when did you sure. start? Um well I remember when when I went to that prep school that was the first time I ever drank and smoked weed. Mm-hmm. We, you would have to like sneak off campus and I remember like there was like a girl whose mom was like the art teacher. And so her apartment was like right there. Cause she was like the only local. Cause that town had only like two thousand people, and it. it was like this a- sounds
0: like that movie Providence. Really? Have, I don't know if you. I've never it? seen yeah, it. It's a great movie. Alec Baldwin, shout out.
1: Alec. Oh shit! I gotta see that. But no, nah, that was the first time I I drank and. In- smoke weed and uh the first thing i drank was such pussy shit it was like a wine cooler yeah that, uh, and i was like everybody's so,
0: that's everybody's first time yeah
1: i was like so shit-faced off like three of those and then i never ah. liked weed really like i never got into weed really yeah like still I, to this day yeah like i'll smoke it every now and then if my friends are like bro hit this i'll like be like all right whatever but i just like i get high and i can't not be high until i pass out for some reason but i i i became like i got way too into drinking like after that like I remember the only time I ever really got in sc- trouble in school, like, for real, was because I would be, like, drunk as shit in school. In like, school? Yeah. What, and, like, like, taking
0: a water bottle full of vodka or something.
1: Exactly. It would be, like, a water bottle full of vodka. Like, I would be drinking on my way to school. Like, and I on the hockey team, like, everybody drank. Mm-hmm. So I would sometimes just get shit-faced before practice. Like, mm. it kind of became, like, a problem, too. But um, it probably still is low-key. But fucking, no, I, I, I just like partying, like, And there wasn't really, like, house parties. Um, There was, like, two, I remember, and one of them I... Pretty, i definitely got alcohol poisoning i remember like only being at the party for 30 minutes and then i passed out on the grass with my shirt off and was eating grass apparently like Jesus. A fucking like like what like a, a dog cow does to something. make himself feel better yeah anymore. some shit like that wow and then, and then i woke
0: up and like had never felt that shitty in my whole life that sounds terrible so when you say it became a problem like i mean do you look back at times where you're like oh i was like out of control alcoholic piece of shit
1: no, not really. I just think I always like to be drunk. Like, I don't think it, it really, like... <laughs>
0: sounds like alcohol. Yeah,
1: but I don't... It never really, like, fucks up. Like, yeah, it hasn't super, like, fucked up relationships with people and shit like that. People are just, like... I don't know, because I'm not, like, a mean drunk, like, at right. all. I'm pretty, like, happy and fun. I might get a little emotional, but I don't think, like... I don't know. Emotional maybe, how? Like,
0: yeah, you cry when you're on alcohol? No, no, no. But if drunk. a
1: girl makes me sad and I'm drunk, I'll uh. be, like, a huge simp about it, but... No, you and, I, you and Romo, yeah, Romo too. Like me and Romo are definitely similar. You guys are kindred spirits. I don't I don't wake up and like crave
0: alcohol, right? Like, totally, totally.
1: It's if it's just like if I'm out and I'm yeah. drinking, like I'll be shit face.
0: right? But right. I don't
1: like crave shit. Like I don't have withdrawals and shit. so no.
0: So weed is not your drug of choice. No, fuck M- no. More I of an upper guy or what? I hate weed. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I really
1: like acid and like mushrooms. I used
0: to love acid as well.
1: Yeah, because uh, I was late to it. Like I didn't do it yet until. Last year on this time.
0: Last year's your first time? Yeah, at
1: 23, yeah. No shit. Yeah. Man,
0: I I went through a big phase when I was 19 doing it, and I mean... It was yeah, it was troublesome. I yeah. Was, yeah, I did it quite a bit. My first time ever, I got arrested for real. Yeah, I've told that story on here before, so you could go back and find it I'll, if you I'll guys find want. it. But it was uh, yeah, it was funny. Like it was, and actually getting arrested was like the best part of the trip. It was so really, it was so awesome. For some reason, I knew I was just gonna get off, and like, right. and it felt safe, and because of that, like, it was fine. And it was like the most trippy part was like them giving the tests and yeah. everything. Uh, what was your first acid trip like? Usually these stories oh, are kind of goofy, was,
1: but it was so cool. Like um i was in dc like last year i had left la for a few months to take care of my mom because she had like a back surgery uh-huh. so and she was living in connecticut which is only like a like a 40-minute train ride from like new york city mm-hmm. and then like w- if you get to new york you can get to dc philly like everywhere so i was traveling a lot because i had a lot of friends mm-hmm. so i was in dc and i met that's when i met um like nappy Napa and con and all these people right shout out all of them shout out um, nappy yep okay. but basically like i went to link with Khan and he gave me acid for the first time hmm. and it was the night i had a show with this with them and wi-fi god and show me the body which is a super tight punk band
0: yeah
1: and uh yeah i just took it like before the show and then like had like the best show of my life was really? just like good trip like smiling the whole time and then after went to like this crazy-ass house party, and, like, it wasn't... I don't know if this was my acid, but I swear when I looked at the sky, it was, like, pink as fuck, and, like, I was like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful, and it was just, like, typical, like, did, you,
0: did you? I always say that, like, um, on when you're on acid, you kind of, like, learn something about the mysteries of the world, but then by the next day, you forget them. Like, the yeah, world I'm, makes sense I, to you. I kind definitely
1: of? remember, like, thinking I was figuring a lot of shit out, and yeah. I remember meeting, like... Hella cool people that I'm still really good friends with to this day. Like that night, that's perfect. Like I remember that night, like, like completely. It was super fucking fun. And then I went back to Khan's apartment and made like my favorite beat I've ever made. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Well, that was a good experience then. Yeah, it was super cool. Like I and the la- the second time I did it uh, was like on July 4th last year, and that was. It was fun as shit, but it, it ended, like, terrible because I think I, I took way too much, and then yeah. I just remember, like, freaking
0: out. Like, oh, yeah. A bad trip is a hard thing to get yeah. out of. For some reason, I never had a bad acid trip, but I would always have bad mushroom trips. Mm. Like, I've tried mushrooms, like, maybe 10 times, and every single time uh, ended up bad. I like acid way more than mushrooms. I do, too, and people think I'm crazy for saying that. They're like, oh, mushrooms come from the earth, and I go, that's fine, but they they make me feel like shit regardless. Yeah. Um. So, okay, after um New Hampshire and you guys moved to Wisconsin, you go to college for a while, right?
1: Yeah, I went to Saint Norbert for like a year. And
0: and, th- and this is where I think around the time that you enter my life, yep. I believe, right?
1: Yep, yep. Okay. Cause I, I met um Mylo. I met Milo Rory. Yeah. And uh, Shout out we, we met on a Facebook group like class of twenty fourteen, Saint Norbert College. Right. And then he He used to live in New Hampshire, too.
0: Oh, um, so you guys had that in common, yeah, he hit me up like
1: on there, and he was like, "Yo, like I used to live there, like we both like rap, like what's good
0: yeah and then <laughs> how how could he tell that you like rap? were you like posting about it yeah, because we with?
1: became Facebook friends and just like seeing each other what each other was posting and shit right um, what kind
0: of rap were you into at that point?
1: I was super into like tribe and like oh, yeah. de la soul and okay. like i that's when I really got into like. I was late on that shit, too, but I got really into 90s rap. Like,
0: Everybody goes through that phase, though. That's, like, your gateway. Like, you have to kind of learn the basics before you get right. into the avant-garde in, in a lot of instances.
1: Like, I was late. Like, he was the one who really put me on a doom, like, a lot. And then right. now he's, like, one of my favorite rappers. But, yeah, I am I'm, I'm got to the school, was living in a dorm. He was living in one, too. We didn't really become friends, though, like, for real, for real, until... He needed like a booking agent, um. and like because we were like we were like okay, people aren't going to take us serious if we're the artist hitting up the venues and the promoters. Let's of course. let's make a fucking fake management email, right. and I'll just pretend I'm a real booking agent. Right, and I did, and it worked.
0: And so this is around the time like what I wish my brother Rob yeah was, it was here. here. Yeah, 2011.
1: Yeah. Like okay. this was right after that drop because like that and before that he was in Namdaem, which was like a a trio with Nicholas J and, like, Nicholas J's brother. Uh-huh. And that was, like, that came out right when I got to college. And I was like, bro, you're fucking sick at rapping. Right. And I was rapping, too, but I sucked ass. But I always tried to do shit with him, but it never it never happened. But, yeah, yeah after, wh- Where
0: are you at with rapping right now? Are you back to rapping again? I made a song, like, a few
1: months ago, but I'm more more focused on producing and DJing. Like, that's my lane.
0: Yeah, for but sure.
1: yeah, fucking after that, after I Wish My Brother Rob Was Here dropped... Um, I pretended that I was this booking agent and I was, I was the one with a car. So we would just do shows all the time, like every weekend in Wisconsin and like Chicago. Well, and, tell and people
0: was, that that's a, that's a great, like, um, that's a great little hustle and that's a great, like, uh, getting it done against yeah. all odds type of thing or like, Oh, we don't have this. How can I fix that problem? And I think a lot of the people, um, that generally email me about stuff, like what should I do? What should I do? They don't think that way. So kind of tell me just, um, what was your thought process and and I I, I understand that you wanted to start because you couldn't get a booking agent so it's like let's just be our booking agent so like Mm -hmm. what was the email that you started and like how would you reach out to people
1: I, I basically I always wanted to get into management and that side of shit too But I found out about a website called, like, Indie on the Move or, like, Indie on the Run or something. Yeah. And it was a website that listed every venue in every city, and it showed capacity and, like, rent prices and all that shit. Yeah. So I would just go on there and, like, find contact info, and I would just be like, yo, this is who we are. Like, we have this idea for a lineup, whatever, like— see what kind of deal we can work with. And, and it worked. Uh, we we got denied a hell of times or didn't get responses. But Right.
0: You got to hear a hundred no's before you hear a yes. Yeah.
1: But we got, we got enough to like set up like our own shows like every time. That's and dope. Then, yeah.
0: And so you guys start touring that Midwest area?
1: Yeah. We were just like, it wasn't, it would just be like weekend runs and like shit. Spot like spot dates. Like, yeah, it would be like, it would be like Minneapolis, Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, like and all the college towns. So would you DJ for Rory? No, I, they always DJed themselves. Oh, okay. They I just, Um. I ran merch. I would sell the shirts and then I like dealt with the money shit. Right. And then uh, and you were the he driver. would like break me off a bit and then like he would pay for gas and shit. Right. So like, yeah.
0: And so how did that start? Did that start going good? Like were
1: you guys starting to? That's when we became like best friends because we were always in the car together. Right, right. Like, always in the car together and fucking, but yeah, I, I went to St. Norbert, fucking met him. After a year, I got kicked out because like math fucked me and like they were like, yeah, you have to if you want to come back, you have to um, go to community college and then like get better grades and then come back. So I was working like shitty jobs like at like five guys and like was a janitor in between those times. And like I've always been working, too. But like I went to a community college, tried to go back. Um, only stayed for one semester. And then that's when me and Rory, like, we had already been doing this shit for a long time. We got a house together, like, yeah. in Green Bay. Um, and, like, that's when we just, like, uh, that's when I started doing the Old Place shit. That's right around the time he got signed to Hellfire. And, um, that's when I started, like, uh taking it way more seriously because I was watching him become like a real life rapper independently like right you know like he like Milo's like the best example of like how to be an independent artist like if anybody like wants to check out his shit like go do that but
0: yeah, yeah Milo was the fifth guest we ever had on on the show episode number yeah. 5 is Milo yeah. and um i think that one of the first ways i heard about my well i've had started hearing about him because like you know James and and uh Reagan a bus driver were like mm-hmm. talking about him and stuff and And then at the same time, we we started having dialogues back and forth on Facebook. It was kind of like, hey, yo, I'm like Rory's homie and I manage him kind of or whatever, whatever. And like, yeah, I want to start a podcast. And that's when you started Ned's Place. Yeah. And you just told me this little anecdote while we were here, but what was my advice to you?
1: Best advice Lee ever gave me was don't ask for advice. <laughs> just ju- figure it out. Like it's not hard to figure out whatever you're trying to do. The the worst thing you could do is ask somebody like who you absolutely don't know. Like I get it. Ask somebody for advice here and there, but just, like it's just like a long stretch to ask somebody you absolutely have no fucking idea like who they are personally. They don't know you. Like just just do it. Just right, figure exactly. it out. Like you'll get it.
0: That's and, and like I've given that advice. To a million fucking people who have gotten offended by it. You know what I'm saying? And the difference, the difference between them and you is that like you took that advice of like, don't ask for advice. Right. And you did it, and, yeah. you f- and you're figuring it out, and now, like, you know, I was just telling you off-air, like, everybody in L.A. knows who Ned is, and that's because you just fucking figure out how to do shit. Right. Period. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, and Thank th-
0: you. Yeah, most definitely. So, yeah, you started Ned's Place, and, and you, you started getting, like, pretty good interviews, yeah?
1: Yeah, I was doing, like, Skype interviews with pretty much all my local friends, yeah. and then I... I did one that kind of popped off with this kid named Eric Dingus, who was a he was like an old Raider clam producer He kind of had like a, a similar vibe to clams casino, right? So he became like my favorite producer along with clams and suicide here because they all made really like kind of Ambient wavy like trap beats mm-hmm. and like it, it was just like a cool mix of like ambient music and shit with with trap shit And that's like what made me want to make beats, but yeah that interview like took off or whatever. Like I used to think three thousand plays was like a lot. Right. And after that, um, I I completely like quit school. Or whatever. Me and Roy started talking about like moving to LA and shit.
0: At that time, I asked this and we kind of brushed past it, but was was the Midwestern um, following starting to get pretty strong for Rory? Yeah, like show like, shows doing well. Yeah,
1: because yeah, it definitely was, especially um. The, the summer following us having the house in Green Bay, we had moved to Milwaukee. And that's kind of like the hub
0: of where rap is. Yeah, I think there. that that's where – that's when, – when we started talking back and forth, you were like, yeah, I live in Milwaukee. Yeah. So I think that's around the time that I must have met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I was
1: I was in Milwaukee and uh, we had only lived there – I had only lived there for a summer. I was like subletting from a friend just for the summer. But yeah, the – the, the sh- we we started to get a local following, but like – it wasn't like enough like it wasn't as as strong as we wanted it like people slept on us for so long out there yeah because they just thought his shit was too like weird and different like he's rapping like not like like anybody else it's more right you know, it was kind of very
0: free form he wasn't really putting his rhymes like in the pocket right. where they would normally go it right. was it was kind of uh let the it's rhythm loose. take me yeah yeah yeah, let, yeah exactly it was very kind of spoken wordy.
1: But we every time we did shows like Hello People would come out, we started doing like a that's when I was rapping too, we would do this one called uh the Baby Bash, shorty a Baby Bash. And the reason we called it that, we would do it like once a month. I don't know if you know who the rapper F. Stokes is. No. He's like a rapper in Minneapolis or from, He's he was based out there for a second. Yeah. But that's the first rapper I ever had rap beef with oh. um, way back in the day. Fuck F. Stokes. Basically, we were at a you show first in Madison um, for like some show they had every year at the college there. And my friend uh, Webster X was performing and F Stokes was performing too and I was getting off the stage after Webster's set and F Stokes was about to come on and I guess I was like in the way of Stokes when he he was like walking up yeah some shit like that like like, we ran no, into each yeah. other, and he was like, yo, watch out. And I just spazzed on him because I was drunk as shit. And then he was—he told Rory, he was like, yo, control your man. Shorty, a baby. <laughs> so, like, he called me he said, shorty, a baby. And yeah. then ever we just started throwing these shows. Like, we would rent out an art space. And we would all... That's what I started doing. I would throw shows all the time. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, because we talked about
0: that early on too. You're like, "Yo, uh, what do I do?" And I would tell you like, "Yo, my friends just like rent warehouses." Yeah,
1: literally. You know, and I took that, and I was like, "That's literally what I did."
0: Yeah, I would, I would figure out like where to just throw shit, and we would do it. And that's when I also would. I remember having conversations with you about like, "Yo, you have to like charge money for beer." Like that's where you make you make
1: your money on the beer, dude. Like trust me. Yeah, Yeah. and I did. Like I remember being like damn that's sketchy right but it's not sketchy out here but there yeah. it kind of was right but
0: um that's so funny i remember having that conversation like no i don't know it's illegal that i go dude trust me like yeah, you have to yeah. or else you're gonna lose money he probably
1: were laughing like yeah. he just doesn't know but around that time after i lived in, in uh milwaukee uh i moved back to green bay where my family was because uh my lease ended in in uh in Milwaukee, so I was in Green Bay, and none of my friends were in Green Bay. They yeah, stayed in Milwaukee, right. so I was like super fucking depressed and like, like I didn't know what the fuck I was gonna do because I wasn't around like my music friends and like I wasn't in college and and I was just like I remember I was like I I was living in my parents' basement, just kind of lost. Yeah, I was just like lost as shit, and then like I met this chick on Facebook, um and I'm not gonna say her name, but well, fucking Shadia Baby Bash, yeah. I'll call her. I'll call her Z. So basically, <laughs> me and this girl Z met on Facebook via a mutual friend named uh, Ian Carroll, who goes by Hitman. He's the dude who taught me how to make beats. Uh-huh. And she had lived in Madison, and she, like I just thought she was hella fucking cool. Yeah. I ended up moving to Madison, or no, I would go see her. I was working at a sandwich shop, and. I I was doing that Monday through Friday, and every weekend I would drive to see her in Milwaukee, or I mean Madison, like a two-hour drive, there and back, there and back, there and back. I eventually moved to Madison. Uh, This was around, like, January of 2014. Um, She raps, and then my friend Ian taught me how to make beats. So she was kind of a reason why I wanted to start producing, because she rapped and shit, and, like, that's when I got into, like, clams and shit. So he showed me how to use Ableton, like, one day when I was in uh, Madison, and then after that, I like taught myself and I lived in Madison for a bit. Then me and her broke up. And then the next day, uh, Roy hit me up. He's like, Yo, me and Alex and Brandon, our other homies, we're moving to LA in two days. And I was like, I was like, Word, like, I just broke up with my girlfriend. I'm going, like, what the fuck, like, of right. course. And I had a car and so did they. And we like literally, I packed up all my shit. I left that apartment. Like, I didn't tell any of my roommates in, in Madison because i was subletting and like i didn't really give a fuck and we just drove to la and like i had never been here before like two we started with two cars yeah in kansas my car dies i have to throw away like half my shit and no. then we we packed in four deep and like in like this other car with all our fucking belongings yeah and then uh yeah and we come to la
0: that's so f- oh man that's such a f- i don't know like a Ballsy maneuver, I guess. Maybe like a not fully thought thought through. No, maneuver. not at all. But I- I'll tell you, out of everybody that moved out, I was like, I bet, I bet, Braden has the best chance of yeah. like, of like, <laughs> of like, staying out here. You yeah. Know what I mean, um. So but what happens when you move to L.A. Oh, well, go ahead. Even I'm gonna backtrack. Yeah, please. Do. Maybe
1: like three months before this L.A. move, I tried to move to Seattle because me and her broke up again like three months before, and I had a homie Evan. Rest in peace, Evan. He's my best friend ever. Fucking, he was living in Seattle what half happened? the time. He, he OD'd on heroin last year. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. While I was in D.C., which is another reason I have a very strong connection to D.C. Around mm. the time I did acid, it was really it was really weird. But anyways, no, it's all good now. But he, lit, he, was a, he was a painter, and like he produced, and he lived in Seattle. And if I didn't move to L.A., I was like, oh, that seems like a real artistic like. Yeah, Seattle's cool. And so I, I drove from, uh, from Wisconsin to Seattle by myself, and then uh, without a license, like my license was suspended. And I got there, and I lived there for like two weeks. And then his roommates were like, yeah, you didn't, Evan, you didn't tell us he was going to move here. Mm. So I had to drive back. And then, yeah, two months later, moved to L.A. When I get here, uh, we, we didn't have anywhere to, to stay for like two weeks because we had apartment showings. We, we set them up. Um, but I met Horsehead first. He was the first person I met in LA because I was a huge fan of his beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, he produced for Black Cray, and like I just hit him up on some fan shit, like "Yo, I'm moving out here. Like, let's hang out, let's link." And like, he literally was the only person to like want to link.
0: Right. Well, I remember you telling me like, oh, I'm moving out here. Like, let me intern for you. And I'm going like, I, you could, but I don't have like any, there's no work to do. Right, like, right. I'm like the, my, I don't do shit. Like I just work on this twice a week and it's very fast. And, and plus I just feel bad, like not paying people. Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. pay people. But anyway, so, uh, so you hit up horse head and he's like, yeah, hit, let's, we let's hit up
1: you. Horsehead. We, me and my friends stayed in the hotel for a few nights. I was like, we actually met at your show with speak. Oh, at the Troubadour? Yeah. That's where you and Horsehead met? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I was like, yo, my friend's playing this show Like, did in, I Did I meet West him Hollywood. that night? I think you did. But had, he, think he, had
0: he already put out that song that I liked at the time? No, uh, no, he didn't put that out yet. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> this is when he was um, still primarily a producer. He sang okay. with... He did a project with this kid named Ghost. Uh, not Ghost Man, right. but Ghost. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was at that time. And we met at that show. We, we got super drunk. And then we were like let's go get some chicks like let's go out to the bars mm-hmm. i didn't know west hollywood was like the the super gay area of la right which right. is tight as fuck but right. we were like looking for chicks and in the sandwiches. wrong neighborhood yeah we're just like, going you out were, like you
0: guys were looking for love in all the wrong yeah, places yeah we were just like i think we're not where we
1: uh where we wanted to be to find girls right and then yeah we we just got drunk i crashed at his house and then he i was like yo i'm with like a group of like three people like can we crash at your place for, like, a week? And, like, <laughs> I literally just asked, and he was like, yeah. It ended up being, like, two weeks, and, like, everything was super chill. Like, he bought me food on his EBT and shit. And no like, way.
0: What a uh, guy. That's
1: when I, would, I was already making beats, and I had already been working with a few people. Are you guys the same age, though? No, Horsehead's 27, I think. Oh, fucking. He's, like, 27 or 28. Way to put him on blast, the real age. <laughs> right? No, he's, he's said it before. Uh-huh. Well, I'm 24, so he was a few years older, but... <clears throat> That's when when I was living with him I gave him the beat numb. I remember that,
0: that's the song i the time I was numb. Yeah. yeah. I fucking to this day love that song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That song changed the game I think low key. Dude, we were supposed to grow up together. We were
0: supposed to glow, glow up, up together. <laughs> together.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I fucking
0: love I really love that song. If you guys haven't heard Horsehead numb uh just Google that now and just look at up pause the episode, go to YouTube. It's mm-hmm. got a video and all that. It's the most beautiful trap emo song you ever heard. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So go ahead. But
1: funny thing about that song is um that beat yeah. was made when I was in Wisconsin. That beat was originally for bones. And I don't really, really? fuck with bones like that, like yeah. musically. But I was like, I wonder if I could make like this this emo guitar beat and send it to him because he would always do shit with Grief who makes guitar shit. And he didn't he didn't use it. So I was like, I remember I was at Horsehead's house. I was like, I'm gonna go to the store. Like, I'm leaving my computer here. All these beats are unused. Like, check them out. Yeah. I get back from whatever errand I was running, and he had picked it out and already made the song. He just recorded wow. it on the MacBook. Like, no shit. my yeah.
0: Speaking of bones, I have like one quick anecdote about uh, uh, a conversation that you and I had where I was like, where I kind of it was a a moment that dawned on me of like, oh, I need to have like. I need to have little homies to like, tell me what's cool now because I'm not young anymore. Was you were like, yo, this, that, this dude bones is coming out to Wisconsin or whatever. And I want to throw a party, but it's this, that and the other. And I go, and they're like, he's, you're like, what size venue should I have? And I said, fuck, I don't know, man, how many people do you think? And you're like, Oh man, he's selling like 400 cap venues, like warehouses. And I go, that's not true. He lives in LA and I'm like, and I've never even heard of him in, in our scene. Like if that were the case, like I would have heard of him by right. now. And you're like, no, it's true. It's true. And then he mm-hmm. came to Wisconsin and, and yeah, you're and like, you dude, s- fucking 400 people. Came yeah. Or whatever. That's,
1: that's when I was at that same art space. Cause I really liked Wolf's music a lot. And like, and uh, and Chris Travis and Eddie and shit, but they were all touring together as a piece. So right. Sesh Hollow Water Boys and it sold out. Yeah, it was yeah. like one of the first. I think it was the first Sesh Hollow Water Boys tour. That's
0: funny to Yeah, it, it
1: was. It was. I remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of those moments where when you told me how it went, I went, "Oh, I'm like out of touch." Yeah. And then he's the now one of the biggest underground. Those guys are sure. fucking huge. Shout out Sesh Hollow Water Boys. Very cool people. Um. So you sent you meant to send that to Bones, but it, it ends up at I Chris send it, house.
1: I send it to him, but yeah. he. He just he just dodged it for whatever yeah. reason. So when you but heard Numb
0: for the first time, how did you feel?
1: I loved it, dude. It was like the coolest shit I'd ever heard. I never made like emo shit with somebody before,
0: right? What's that sample? Where
1: it's uh, "Giving Up" by Silverstein, which is an emo band I used to listen to all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's tight, dude. That's kind of been that's kind of your stees, right? You sample emo guitar riffs yeah. essentially, and then just kind of flip them.
1: Yeah, like I have a few different styles. I like to make like yeah shit with. Just nostalgic like email samples of people when they hear it that you grew up on that shit. Right,
0: postal service. Yeah,
1: postal service, armor for sleep, uh like from first to last, like a bunch of shit. But and then I like to make like heavy shit like with Ghostman, who's in the other room. Shout out Ghostman. And, and yeah, I don't know, but that, that stuff stuck the most with uh like my producer name, like NetArb shit. Like it was definitely like which is definitely like what kind of manifested what is like Goth Boy Clique right now. Mm-hmm. Um is goth boy, oh, and I totally fucking forgot, like, wh- when I was, when I first came out here, I joined Thrax House.
0: Yeah, let's, let's do that, and then we'll get to goth boy, click, so, because yeah. the stuff with Chris obviously starts going well, like, you guys make that song numb, that starts to get its own little buzz, uh, and, and you guys, j- like, s- join Thrax House, right? Yeah,
1: because, like, uh, I would sent beats to Kinada and MacNed when I lived in Wisconsin, mm-hmm uh two like, seattle rappers yeah two seattle rappers yeah so thax house was in seattle there was only a few members it was like bb sun kunata MacNed, sneak guapo and who, i was who f-
0: also have like loose ties to one of our previous guests nacho picasso yeah yep. so yeah shout so it's a very small world because
1: they were from he was in morgan yeah in MacNed's old morgan okay uh, so yeah i i sent them this beat and they were like bro we want you in this collective as a producer like and I was like worried, but I ended up uh, when I moved to LA. There were some members who who had moved down too, and like they had eventually like moved into the crib I had in Boyle Heights and shit. But yeah, I introduced uh, Chris to to Key and Mac Ned, and they they added him. And then uh, I I linked Horsehead with Coldheart because um, when Coldheart used to be in Sesh. And uh, I actually introduced Coldheart to Bones, too. And they were in the same group and never met. Really? So, like, I think that's when when Thrax House became a thing for Coldheart. He was like, these are my actual bros in real life. Like, I'm going to join... Cause he's from Long said. Beach. He's from Long Beach, so he would just travel up to yeah, LA he and would kick come, it. Yeah, he would come every weekend.
0: Right. Tell me about this house in Boyle Heights, because it's a thing of oh, legend. That shit like is crazy. I, I remember you telling me like, oh yeah, we all moved into a house. It was it was like what ten of you? It eight was you? deep. Like at
1: first it was four because yeah. it was me and the three homies I moved in with. Then I I since I just broke up with my girlfriend, I was being a thirsty bitch. And I, I was hitting up girls from like out of state. Right. One of them. You were trying to Drake these girls. Yeah. Like, one of them like had moved to L.A. I was like, Yeah, you can crash with me till like you get a crib. Hmm. She ends up never getting a crib, so there's that now just there's became, five. like your live in
0: girlfriend or what?
1: Well, not even girlfriend. We never did anything. Oh. She she kind of just finessed me to like move right. to L. A. Right. She has her friend move in, and didn't tell me. And I was like, Wait, hold up, what's going on? So now there's two extra people. It's six people. Then it gets kind of sus. One of our roommates leaves, goes back to Wisconsin. Horsehead takes his place. And then, um, And this is around the same time I found a young bruh, like who's little Tracy now.
0: Right. He was living in VA. I was like, wait, so hold on. The one thing I want to say about this is all of this is taking place in Boyle Heights, which is a a super localized, non gentrified area that's probably not welcoming to a bunch of hipster kids, I would imagine. Not at all. We
1: didn't know. I literally, we had a four bedroom for 1,800 bucks. Right. I didn't know where I was moving. I just found the cheapest place.
0: Right. For context, for those of you listening, the, a four bedroom apartment for eighteen hundred dollars in Los Angeles is like a unicorn. That's, yeah, nonexistent. that's so non existent. So I picture the, the pictures of Craigslist, it must have looked like just a fucking broken it down didn't, warehouse. It didn't
1: look that bad. It was like it was the on the second floor of a duplex yeah. and we had parking, a front yard and yeah, shit. But right. like it was on like the first the first week we moved in there was a homicide like two two houses down. Right. Like, it was a sketchy ass neighborhood for right, sure. Right. And plus like they they in that area, they were they like hated all my black friends. Like they mm. would get shit. And then my 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 Spanish and like Hispanic and all my friends like that. They weren't from that area, so they would always get banged on. Right. But me being like a white dude, like they didn't really f- fuck with me like that much. Like I didn't really get shit ever. I only got gang banged on like twice. Huh. But yeah, yeah
0: o- only twice. <laughs> only twice. So yeah, let's not skip over this. How do you find Lil Bruh? Young bruh, or young bruh, little sorry, bruh. little Tracy. My bad. Ha ha. Yeah, I, I just know I get names confused. I found, confused. Him, I found yeah. him
1: through another, uh, another thirsty simp thing. I did. I <laughs> there was a girl, yeah, from Fresno who I was fucking with who came t- down to visit me and uh, she stayed with me for the weekend. And she's like, like she you was, gotta hear young bruh, yeah, really? Well, no, no, uh-huh. not really. Okay, I'm gonna put her on blast right now because right. we're cool now. Her name's Zootleg, she's a really tight artist and. Yeah. fucking... She nah fucking he used to like spam her wall low key uh, on like, MySpace well, not, no on uh, on Facebook oh, okay. not spam it but he posted a link on her wall yeah. to this song called I'm coming and I was like I was like just with her like as she was checking her Facebook and I was like wait what is young bra like what yeah. the fuck kind of a name is that and I clicked it and it, it ended up being like the coolest shit I had heard in like forever like Cause he was he was he was like singing rapping too and was like kind of melodic and shit and then he just had bars like he was he was just the coolest shit to me and that was when he was like seventeen and then when he turned eighteen he moved like to L.A. Uh, Cause I was like bro join Tha'x house he yeah. joins everybody joins yeah, like does he move head, into Cole Boyle heads. Heights too he moves in the Boyle Heights he wow. sleeps on the couch wow. like on the futon.
0: And this is this is young bruh uh, that later becomes little Tracy who now has like what fucking hundred thousand yeah. Instagram followers yeah. and shit yeah. like popping. This is when he
1: had probably ninety followers on Twitter. Yeah, and like I was I was just I was just riding for him. I still am like right. And we dropped this tape called Emotion. I helped him produce pretty much all of it, and then like hooked him up with features from like cray and like eddie baker and shit way back in the day mm-hmm. and like that's when i put like even wolf and chris travis and them were fucking with them way back then because mm-hmm. I, I, I had a car and i would always pick him up and play that shit but yeah so now it's like deep in the crib we got tracy on the couch then we got um then we got bb's son who moves in with uh with his girlfriend in one of the rooms so now he's another he was another Thrax House member. And then we had my homie Kinayada like stay with us for a long time. And it even got to a point where that people put like we had a homie Mal too, he was in Thrax House, he was a videographer. And fucking he he just put a bed in the kitchen like he oh it got God. to that point like we had a tent that like somebody was in sleeping. the yard no we had a tent in a room wow my, Rory used to live in like he put a tent into like troll but that tent ended up being like a like a living area wow and then there was a couch a bed in the like we were deep like we just didn't care we were just like we were glad to even be here now I can't live like that
0: right well so that's the thing. Living like that, I'm sure alienates some people. So I know you and Rory moved down together as very close friends. But did he feel welcomed in that? No, exactly. That's why he moved because he was like, like it was pretty shady of like me. Like I just,
1: I just had all my friends come.
0: Yeah,
1: and like I, I fucked up because I didn't really tell Rory and them like everything that I had planned. And he's probably, I mean. Knowing the both he's of you, an introvert. he's
0: a little different than you. He's like, he's, yeah, he's introverted. I'm like the he's, socialized He's, dude. he's, he's very is... thinker. He's, yeah. you know, he's in his own head and you're kind of just like, hey, everybody fucking, I love everybody. Yeah. Come hang out. Right. So he,
1: he and Alex and Brandon, they had moved back to Wisconsin. I was like, that's straight. Like I have people that can sublet. Yeah. Turns out like not everybody could come up with money all the time. Of course. So like, w- but during that time, bro, like I was also going to school at Woodbury University Where's it? it's in Burbank. I huh. was going for media and communications. Yeah. That went really well, low key. I was getting really good grades, but at the same time, this was the most productive house like I'd ever lived in. Like yeah. we were making songs and songs and songs every day. Like this album, Gimme by Bolo Nev. We had just dropped Emotion. We were working on a Thrax house tape. This is when Horsehead dropped his first project. Like we were so active, like yeah. all the time. Um but that shit eventually like fell because... Cause I couldn't keep up with like covering rent and shit, um, and like, cause not everybody was working. I had jobs too. I was working at Starbucks and shit, so I just like moved back to Wisconsin for a bit, mm. and then came back.
0: Well, before we go, before we get too far along in the chrono- uh, chronology of everything, I have like a more of like a, uh, I guess, I don't know, philosophical question. Not philosophical. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know how to. What kind of question this is, but. Like when you hear things like, for example, young bruh, right before it's like the little Tracy that everybody knows. What is it about that that like catches your ear where I think most people would see a spam post on a Facebook wall and go, Psh, you know, fuck this. Like I get a million spam emails right, per day like that. And I listened for one second and I go, Oh, well, this ain't <coughs> it. Like, what is it about that? Because I'm sure it was lo-fi. I'm sure it the, was reco- lo-fi, the recording quality was terrible. Like, h- h- what was the it that you heard? I don't know. It was what just is like, the it that you hear in general?
1: It's just when something so unique and, like, new and fresh and, like, I don't think hella shit sounds like it at that point And, like... His name just caught me. He was smart with his name, like Young Bru is a crazy, weird. It's very, it's, it's
0: almost meta, like yeah, it, it's almost like a, a spoof name. Yeah, of it's sorts. like
1: Lil Big or like right. something like you know, right? Lil Young, like so right. it was.
0: It was just funny. So he caught me
1: with the name, and then just the music was like super. It was just dark as fuck. Yeah, the beat slapped. He was he wasn't like rapping like. Like da 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 like he was like it was it was like I used to be a clone now I'm home now like he was rapping like that yeah. like melodic and shit it was just super cool and I just wanted everybody to hear and
0: I'm only using him as an example because you just brought him up but I mean there are a hundred acts like this. Like right now, let's keep it a hundred. Like you're the plug to like all of us older media dudes who goes like, Hey, this guy, have you heard him yet? Hey, this yeah. guy, have you like, whether it be peep, like you, you've been fucking with peep longer than anybody that yeah. I know. Personally. I showed
1: a phase Pete,
0: right? So like Wickerface is another one. Like yeah. I had, I had barely started hearing his name pop up and you were like already in a crew with him or something. Yeah. You know he what was I'm saying? In, like, he was in Thrax house too. Right. Yeah. And, and so I just like, it's, it's not like a, it's not some fluke, like you're out here really finding things. So I'm just And I don't really look
1: like, I swear it just, it just like, I I think I just attract shit that, that like, I feel like I'm a gateway to, to music being spread. Like I don't really go out and look for shit. I don't YouTube search. I don't SoundCloud search. Something will pop up and I'll know it needs to be heard. So I just tell everybody that's around me about it. Right. Right. and that's how like most like a lot of my friends have met and shit and i don't i didn't even do it on purpose i'm just like i think y'all would be tight like if you did a song if if you don't do a song i think y'all would be cool like and that's how a lot of cool some of the best music like has been made right. um because not everybody likes to just reach out to other people as an artist like it is easier when there's a mutual friend yeah that can be like yo i'm fucking with both of y'all like
0: that's your like new, as a
1: co-sign, you know what I that mean? That should
0: be your new producer name, Ned the Mutual Friend. Ned the Mutual. That would be tight. That's, I'm
1: definitely a mutual for like. Yeah, most.
0: you're the spoon that stirs the pot. And I mean, there are more than a couple podcasts that wouldn't exist without your input. Right, you know, uh, I love
1: that I can be that. Like, I really pride myself in that.
0: Yeah, you're the guy behind the guy. Yeah. I mean, that's a very important. That's a very important, um, um, just piece of the puzzle in scenes in general. What I've found over the years is that it's hard to monetize that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard. It's hard to like just put a price on cool and mm-hmm. put a price on a good year. Um, and I'm sure, like, as you get older, you'll you'll find that as well. But you're smart enough to where you'll fucking get past it,
1: right? So, like, I used to, I still kind of think it would be cool to be at A and R, but I don't. Th- I think labels are kind of dead.
0: I used to think that as well, um and, and that was a dream of mine for many, many years. But from all my A and R friends that I know, it's like if you didn't get in the game, if you didn't get in the door when you're 19, and like, you know, start working your way up that corporate ladder, then right. it's almost like, yeah, you know, you're better off starting your own thing, right? Exactly. So I don't know, um, but yeah. So Thrax House is like very Active. literally becomes a Thrax House. Yeah, yeah, it was but, a thing. But then you move back to Wisconsin, <coughs> and and I remember you hitting me up, going like, "Oh, you know, I'm going to go take a break. Yeah, go home for left, a little bit.
1: I left Thrax House. Me and my and another stupid thing I did when it, when I was living in Bull Heights is I got back with the girl. Who I had broken up with to move to LA mm-hmm. and she came and moved in with me Mm-mm-mm. so like that fucked up everything like because me and her fought all the time and then that took away time from me uh with my music and my friends because right. she was an artist and she was mad that I had like that added- you popping <laughs> well yeah and because I had added two other girls to Thrax House um, I never asked her to be in it. So she felt some type of way about that. Cause she was being salty as fuck. And like that shit was whack to me, but like she, she had moved back to Wisconsin. I couldn't keep up with rent. I moved back. Um, fucking, I just take a break. Like, um, I link with Rory again. How, how was it when you moved back? It was like really fucking weird. Are your folks man. out
0: there in Wisconsin?
1: No, nah, my, my, my dad actually, this is a whole other thing. Did your my folks divorce? D- no. Oh, okay. My dad just moved to China like three days ago to coach women's hockey. Yeah, for the Chinese national team because it's finally taking off out there. They probably suck because like he's about to end his job at Yale. Yeah, he's only been there for like a year. Right. And yeah, he just moved to China. But Damn. that's a whole other You're thing. gonna see
0: China in the Olympics in a couple of years, right. and just you're gonna see like Ned Senior. He moved
1: to like Shanghai, like one of the biggest cities in the world. That's so hilarious. crazy. Did your mom go too? Uh, she's about to, she's just, uh, they're going to be there for six months and here in the States for six months. So she's chilling right now though. That's pretty tight.
0: Yeah. But fucking nah, like. So you move home and you link back up with Rory. Was there any bad blood?
1: Um, kind of, but we like squashed everything. This is when he, when he had, uh, just started Ruby Yacht. Yeah. His label. And so he was living in, uh. In Milwaukee, it's, it's
0: crazy to me that all of this has happened since—well, because I know that I started the podcast in 2013, mm-hmm. and you moved out shortly shortly thereafter, like, end of 2013 or beginning of 2014, something like that. And so, like, all of the—like, you seem like a fucking grizzled L.A. veteran at this point. Yeah, I moved and in And you've only been here
1: for three years! I know. People think I'm from here, but I'm right. absolutely not— but fucking it was weird, man. This is the start of Ned the Couch Surfer Yeah. when I moved back because I didn't have a – when I moved back, I don't have a place I don't want to live with my parents. I really? want to live in the city. Yeah. So I just live on my friend's couch, uh, my friend Nicholas J.'s couch where Rory was living too. And uh, I got like a job of, as a fucking oh, – where did I work? I was doing valet at a hospital. Wow. you so
0: You've had a lot of jobs. I've had
1: a ton of jobs. But I was doing valet. I saved up enough money to get a one bedroom apartment in Milwaukee, but I was only there for three months, so I was in the, on the couch for a month. How much does Lord, a one
0: bedroom in Milwaukee cost a month? Six hundred bucks
1: with a like That's living so room, like That's fucking. so cheap. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, um, fucking. Yeah, I had a car and shit. It was, it was cool, but I was really fucking lonely and like depressed. Like, I start. This is when I start drinking. Like, when I'm by myself, just mm. like, uh, like, like, cause, cause my. F- my friends were doing different shit. I wasn't really a part of Ruby Yacht. I didn't really, like, fit. Like, I could have been, but right. I just wasn't. Um, I was making beats and, like, still working and shit. But I was just, like... I just found myself getting way too fucking sad and, like, depressed there. Because right. cause I moved from Wisconsin for a reason. Like, I just... And I was running into my ex too much.
0: Yeah. Well, and, I feel like you and Rory both kind of decided to... um take what you were doing and exponentiate it in a way where like he got even more kind of like artsy and you got even more like turned up over time yeah you literally know what I'm saying? we became
1: and, like complete opposites but right. we're still like we have a lot of similarities but our our shit like as far as music shit goes we love all the same shit but they're different paths
0: yeah you guys have hit a fork in the road where it's just like different yeah. career trajectories so i
1: think like when that happened i realized that and i was getting super like fucking depressed and shit i uh I was just like, I'm just going to move back to L.A. Like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm just going to go back. I fucking, I save up enough money, like, working. Um, and No, and I moved back to my parents' house. There's so much random shit that happened. Right. After this apartment, I'm like, fuck Milwaukee. I'm always seeing my ex. Like, I hate it here. I'm going to just move at home and, like, work at a factory and save up money. I was Now I'm working at a fucking packaging company where I, I worked in a frozen pizza I was packaging frozen pizza crusts. No crust. way. And then I was working at a, a, a company that sent out junk mail. Wow! Like random fucking jobs, and then but you were
0: staying active in music all that time. Yeah, the whole time. Like when man, when kids hit me up and talk about like, man, I don't have any money. I want you guys to quit bitching and listen to this podcast. You got to have a job and and take care of your creative means. You know, I've had a
1: job up until I could live off music, which has only been since Since July, since
0: you started fucking selling SoundCloud retweets, literally.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I remember I, I used to sell fucking Beats for pizzas and Ubers. I bought you more than one pizza, yeah, bro.
0: He definitely Just had. out of charity, I'm like, yo, Ned, you, you're a good guy. I'm going to get you a pizza. Yeah, <laughs> that
1: was very, very... Uh, thank you for that. You know, very meaningful. <laughs> but fucking... I'm sure. Yeah, I, I saved up some money. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to LA. I can't bring my mom's car with me this time. Fucking, I just fly out there. And then this is when... I Move in with Adam 22.
0: But thankfully, like Uber's popping at this point. So, yeah, like, Uber's yeah. popping. Because Uber was... wasn't popping when you first met No, moved it out wasn't. Here, it right? wasn't really. Right. Um, so you can survive in LA without a car now. I had met,
1: yeah, pretty much. Fucking, I had met Adam at a Chief Keith show, or no, a Fredo Santana show that Ham threw a long time ago. And uh, I'd barely spoken with him for real, but I that was I had, at Club
0: 33 or whatever, yeah, the one yeah. downtown. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I was there. Yeah, and that shit was turnt but fucking i hit him up i was like like i didn't even think he would say yes so i was like yo can i crash at your place like i had been there a few times before like until i get my shit situated like i'm moving into a place in north hollywood in like two weeks i thought i was moving into like a like subletting a room yeah turns out like I, I sleep on this couch for two weeks moved to north hollywood i sleep in a shack like this girl this lady finessed me like I'd sent her money like prior Yeah, I get there and it's literally like uh, it's like a blanket that hung off the side of her fucking house yeah. and a blanket that hung down as a wall no. and there's a bed in there and I'm sleeping outside what? and I have nowhere else to go and I'm about to what was she charging for that? 600 holy shit there's a TV in there but like the bathroom I have to go into her house and shit and wow. like and at the same time she's subletting her couch and then she lives in a studio apartment Wow. she's subletting her couch and this little area outside like there's bugs and shit but i was like living and i was pulling bitches in there too (laughs) i was getting pussy in this tent bro like it was fucked up and the fence like you can't even open the fence because she has so many dogs i had to crawl over a fence every day oh my god and then i was like i was like fuck this i'm gonna just go back to college and live in a dorm again so i go back to woodbury After leaving the first time because I had left college. And they have dorms there? Yeah, they have dorms. So would you take out a student loan? Uh, Yeah, I took out a student loan because I went went to college for free. I feel like a dickhead that I didn't finish because it was a part of like – Like, since my dad worked out of college, I could go for food. All I had to pay for was, like, living and and food. But, yeah, I I, I take out a student loan. I live in this dorm. I'm kind of only in school for a living, like, or for, like, the The roof over my head. So, like, I go to school. Like, I'm doing okay for a couple months. But that's in Burbank, so every day I found myself just coming to LA. To the city. Yeah, and like I didn't, it ended up to the point where I was was literally lived at the college and didn't go to any classes. Right. For like four months. Really? Yeah. Did you have people that would come crash at your dorm? Hell yeah. All my (laughs) friends would come up, like (laughs) after a night of partying, like all my friends that I'm friends with now. Like, I was pulling bitches in the dorm. My friends were coming, staying over. That's we, funny. I would I,
0: take them to the the cafeteria. Right, right. That's funny. Uh, Kenny Siegel, do you know Kenny? Yeah, you yeah, know Kenny know that Kenny. works for yeah. He had a story about, like, when he was in college at, uh, I think, USC, you know, like, freestyle fellowship dudes used to, like, crash on his, on his couch. Like, mm-hmm. Peace would just be the dude on the couch for, like, a whole semester and yeah. shit like that. Like, it reminds me of that.
1: Yeah, because, like, I never... They never knew that like I don't know why I didn't get kicked out. Like I, I always heard like they're gonna find out you're not going to class and like kick you out pretty right. much. But they they didn't like and um So what ends that? Uh basically the semester ended. And oh, I, okay. I couldn't I had to I couldn't stay there if I wasn't technically enrolled. Right. So that's when the official couch surfing shit begins. Yeah. And that's when I had I I I didn't really have a lot of money then, but um so I, I move in with uh, this kid who lived in, like, South Central who just sold coke and, like, did hella drugs and was, like, fucked up. This is when I started doing drugs, Uh like, coke and shit. And, like, but it was, like, a very unhealthy environment this kid would i would be like asleep and he would give me coke as i'm asleep what like because i breathe out of my nose and ketamine and shit like he's like feeding me drugs as i'm asleep i would wake up like what the fuck i'm turnt right now like what happened what just to fuck with you or what yeah he thought it was funny but like i i eventually like i was just like yeah let's party like whatever he's like oh dude it's so funny how strung out you are right and this so this is a time where like I'm living there. I'm. I can't get a job like anywhere because I'm. First of all, it was taking way too long for me to take the bus anywhere. I'm not going to work in South right. Central. Like, yeah,
0: the geography of LA. If you guys don't live here, like South Central is is kind of its own little bubble. I was living
1: in the '40s at that point.
0: Yeah. So you, So, it, it's. It takes a while to get like. Yeah. anywhere in the city because yeah. you, like LA is built uh, there, it's it's uh, encapsulated by freeways and if you're on the other side of those freeways then to get back across right. it, it's like the traffic is insanity so
1: this is around the same time my Uber suspended so I'm selling beats for Ubers because the bus was taking too long I'm trying to get a job downtown fucking nothing's working out I just found myself like in, like, a dark hole of like doing hella drugs, not having any fucking money, what and just sleeping on his couch.
0: 2015 or 2014. This is 2015. 2015. yeah. This is
1: 2015. Like,.
0: Yeah, this is when this is when I would see you show up to parties, and every time I'd see you, you'd have a new tattoo, and I'd be like, yeah, "Why are you getting hand getting, tattoos?" Yes. I said, "Ned, what are you doing? Why do you yes. have a face tattoo?" Yeah,
1: this is when I started. I felt just... like
0: I mean, I, I know that I'm like an obnoxious, like I, I like little brother you on some fucking asshole shit. I'm sure, but I was always it was always out of love. Like, are right. you okay, little young brother?
1: And I'm glad I went through all this, but that's when yeah. I started just experimenting a lot with like everything, mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was getting like a lot of tattoos and like mm-hmm. just acting crazy. Well, because you
0: didn't really have you had hardly any tattoos and then you walked into a party and had a fucking hand tattoo and i said what is, what did you yeah, do yeah
1: told me you told me it was like it was some pussy shit to get a hand tattoo before you get like a
0: sleeve yeah i'm like you're supposed to get a sleeve first before <laughs> and you get it i a barely hand. still do i have random ass right. fucking tattoos i'm like that's some poser shit really. yeah. but i mean it is what it is it's like that's you that's you guys' generation that's what you do yeah they just don't, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is,
1: <laughs> it's such a typical ass tattoo but fucking yeah i i eventually and i i started seeing this girl around that time and,
0: like, uh, I would crash at her house and shit. Um, well, so is this around the time that you start Gothboy? Or not that you start Gothboy Click, but that Gothboy Click is starting to, to starting come to together? Off because yeah. Thrax
1: House uh, kind of fell apart after I left and then Kinada left and Tracy left. So after that, it became kind of, like, inactive. It's still a thing, but it's, like, inactive right. pretty much. But once that got inactive, goth boy click started like really taking off. And this was before peep was in it. But yeah, this is when I was fucking just living on this fool's uh, floor, literally on his floor and fucking doing hella drugs, but making like amazing fucking music. And yeah, um, what stopped me from living there was cause peep, um, he had this friend named Brennan, who's peep's friend from like when they were 12 he uh, he moved out here to go to college, I think. So he was going to school in Pasadena. Well, so how did you hear of Peep? Um, okay, this is funny too. So this kid named Young Jizza, who's a singer, um,
0: like GZA or how yeah, you,
1: okay, yeah, J- or JZA. Okay, um, Young Jizza put me and him. This is when I was rapping a lot too. So it was like a singing song, like so. Like Peep had the first uh, verse on it and then Jizza goes and then i go or some shit like that that was the first time i heard him because they were we were put on the same song uh. and i was like this shit's tight like what the fuck and he had hit me up and he was like i'm a fan of your shit through like shit you've done with wolf i had a beat tape that. with wolf yeah wow and then um he was like yo i'm about to move back to um pasadena like my friend brandon lives there i'm gonna be there in like two days like let's do shit we did hella shit online and, and then And was it was Schema Boys a thing already? Yeah, ever? this was Schema this is when he was in Schema Posse. Or Schema Posse, yeah. Yeah. He was in that shit. Um
0: That was him, Ghostman, and Jay Green, right?
1: It was like him, Ghostman, Jay Green, Craig Zen, okay. Wavy Jones. It was a lot of kids.
0: Okay. But fucking
1: I I start going up to Pasadena all the time. I meet Peep. This is after the Peep song, Or after Okay, so he was this living is in after a- me and Peep do a song yeah. and after we had made like a few songs online, we had made Beamer Boy. We had made a whole EP called California Girls. It's out there somewhere. I
0: yeah, California Girls is to this day my favorite Pete project and, and I, lo- I, yeah, like, I, I I love it. Yeah, I remember so cuz I remember a conversation where you're like you're like um I was just talking about like kind of my own um, worries that I'm like getting old and starting to not understand like the new music and wasn't I'm Wasn't
1: like, this the day I told you to interview Water Waterboys? It was after we may, ate burgers?
0: Mm, oh no no oh We were in the car. Maybe maybe yeah okay yeah yeah because I, I remember I was like yeah I was talking to you about having to go interview Sashala Waterboys. It might have been before that though because I mm. was like it was like um, I was telling you like yeah like little Uzi Vert like it sounded like trash to me and like this and that and the other and you're like what about Little Peep? It was at a party it wasn't that conversation. Oh
1: sure. You know,
0: you're like what about little peep and i and i went i mean i just don't get it it just seems like a bones rip off but it was because i hadn't actually listened to it whatsoever right. and so and you're, you're like nah, you're like nah dude Check out this yeah go listen to this and when i listened to it i was like holy fuck and and i got it like mm-hmm. once i it, like i'm somebody where i have to sit down and listen to a project like i need to listen to like a seven song ep yeah same i can't just listen to one song <laughs> or i just don't i can't grasp it you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying but anyway so um my point is is like California girls is that that was yeah, the so thing that made me understand Little Peep.
1: Yeah, that was like the first relationship we had. Yeah. He he was living in Pasadena with Brennan because he was going to school there. So that house um before I started sleeping on that couch, yeah. it was Brennan Savage, Little Peep, Craig Zen, uh this other kid, Adventure, who was who was went to school too. Uh-huh. And then I, I come, I pull up. Uh, I, this is when we started doing just hella shit, like hella fucking music together. Lederick was living there, Young Goth. Even at one point, Ghostman was staying yeah, there for a while. Right. It became the, like, Boyle Heights part two. Okay. So it was like SoundCloud central in, the, in but this Do you, do you like, like,
0: like, kind of thrive in those environments? Is that what you enjoy? I did
1: when I had nowhere to live. Mm-hmm. Like, but now that I can afford, like, my own shit, mm-hmm. I don't really like being i don't like living like that anymore right like that's why i'm about to move into like my own crib just with one person no shade to anybody i just need to be like alone to focus on shit but back then i I had more of a tolerance to it right and i was younger and shit but fucking
0: be careful man once you start living by yourself you're never going to be able to live with people again i'm living with one
1: person (laughs) yeah but yeah i've lived alone before but i hated it so right right fucking yeah um we're all living in pasadena just around it, the time. This is when Peep, like, f- just moved out here or what? He had lived in Pasadena before, but, um, he, he moved back to Long Island to see his family for a bit and then, like, came back. Because, okay. uh, yeah, Brennan's, Brennan had lived in San Diego, blah, blah but, yeah, whatever, fucking anyways, um, yeah, so they're all living in Pasadena, I move in, I start hanging out with everybody in real life and shit, um, This around the time, and during this whole time, I'm still looking for jobs. Like, still can't find a job. Still in broke, trying to like still save up money for my own shit. But this is around the time when um I introduced Peep to Tracy. I had went up to Oakland to do a show, and me and Tracy did a show together. This was when he was still young, bro. I'm like, bro, come back to L.A. because he had lived in L.A. But he was in Portland for a bit. I come back. I bring him to Pasadena, and then the first day he meets Peep, they they make white tea.
0: Mm. like on the
1: first day so that's right. that became that's how that relationship started Because those
0: two are like kindred spirits like besties and shit yeah
1: yeah they're pretty good friends yeah. and they're just like even better at making music together, together like right. they sound great together Com- yeah they complement each other like them. a lot of a lot of their biggest songs are with each other so shit. you're
0: the one that facilitated that relationship off top <laughs> <laughs> look at you ned yeah you're the man and bro. then that
1: around that time too was when uh i was hitting up wicca i still have the dms and i was like I was like, yo, we're already doing this type of shit. Like, this singing, trap yeah, shit. Like, right. peep this kid, little Peep. And I don't know if he was fucking with it at first, but he eventually just, like, began to, to really, like, love it. And then they had eventually, like, added him to Gothboy Boy Click. But, um...
0: Yeah, I remember Wicca, Like I mean, I remember hearing Wiccaface first on that Spooky Black song. Yeah. But then I have a, a just an internet homie whom I've never met, but shout out Cam Krill's up in uh, Vancouver. He was putting a lot of Wiccaface stuff on these playlists he was making every month, and I was like, this shit is so weird. But I f- heavy, I like yeah. heavy fucked with it. I was like, this is, this shit is tight for some reason. And um, yeah, it's such a like perfect fit in goth. Boy it is really, like and Wicca's is
1: the old frontman of Tigers Jaw. Right. Right. A cool ass uh band bro. yeah fucking, shout out former
0: guest wicka FaZe. He fantastic is. guy I really liked him
1: he's a cool ass dude but, adam but yeah so that t- around that time peep and ghost and wavy they all leave schema posse so they're not in like crews and shit anymore yeah. and i think like peep was like solo for a bit and then uh yeah he eventually like they they were fucking with him enough who came up adam. with the
0: term goth boy click
1: Wicca phase and cold hearted really in 2013 like if you if you go listen oh, to old yeah, shit right. but it didn't become like a like a like a, a click. real click yeah. with like actual members probably up until like a year and a half two years ago and then Peoples the final member right um but yeah after after that whole pasadena scene we all moved to Whittier because uh, that lease is up. We get kicked out because a bunch of Mormons lived up there and they own the property and they kicked us out mm. because we played music too loud mm. and all this crazy mm. shit. But fucking, yeah, we moved to Whittier. Where uh, the girls are prettier. Yeah, where, where Ghost lives right now. He's, mm. he's, he moved in after, but it was like Brennan and Craig and me and Peep and Wavy and like all these fucking people again, just yeah. in a new house or right. whatever.
0: You guys just like live in the SoundCloud frat house. Yeah, it
1: was literally our our shit. I guarantee, is more like like clicked up in real life than any other artists like for that time but we were just scraping all the money we had money we had together just to like have a roof over our heads. Right. And I th- I think people should do that like if they're fucking if they're really passionate about shit but well, like always make sure you have money. Like t- yeah, well <laughs> tell me about money. tell
0: me about your pursuit for money because I I clown on you a lot and I tease you a lot in a loving way just about like your various hustles. So tell people about uh you know all the beat specials, yeah, tell them about I mean, like the se- like selling SoundCloud reposts. That was the one where I was like, "That yeah, that's just that, pretty crazy. That, that shit is like the thirstiest yet most innovative thing I've ever seen. I never, I, mean, I would have never thought to do that.
1: At the same time, yeah. though, it's it's promo and like people paid for promo way back before there was right. fucking SoundCloud,
0: right? Because people pay for YouTube promo. Right. People, pay, I mean, like yeah, people offer me money to do the show even all the a time, commercial. And I kind of just been like fuck that, you
1: right, know, anything right. like that. But fucking. No nah, like I very, I encourage people to like if you if you have no money like work like if you can't make money from music yet like I think that's just important it, unless you are unless you can like live at home and like save and just focus on your craft but don't be a leech that's that's my one thing is don't be a fucking leech like right. I had I've always had jobs there was only that one point where I didn't cuz then when we moved into um When I was in Whittier, I got a job again for the first time in, like, a year. As a bar
0: back, right?
1: I, as a dishwasher. As dishwasher. But I was, like, stoked. I was, like, finally I have a fucking job again so I can save up and move.
0: Right. And then
1: that's when we moved into the loft. And that's, like, a whole other frat house, too. And that's right. when me and Pete move in. That's when he gets signed to a management label and shit just fucking skyrockets for that kid, like, when we were living there. But, um yeah, like... Fuck, the, where was
0: the 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 loft became kind of like the goth boy frat the that goth boy was, click that, frat that house. was like
1: the goth boy house like yeah. the Sketa lofts the skeda yeah. mansion Sketa. it's in skeda row it's at this firehouse in Sketa row skeda like <laughs> it was like a two thousand square foot it's huge space it was giant yeah. yeah and we had like five people in there but it was it was big enough to where it was comfortable like yeah. we just each set up shop in each corner of the of the spot but it became the place like yeah we were making music but then it just became a fucking party house like every everybody came over like all the fucking time and like I remember on New Year's I fly it back on New Year's Eve from fucking New Hampshire there was 300 people in my house Woo. I had no idea that I was about to walk into like the biggest party had ever been and they're like surprise yeah it was a surprise welcome home party for Ned it was it was great though there because it was a great meeting place for our friends from out of town to come right. and like crash and 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 dip and like just we yeah all like most artists that we know had came through there like at least once like
0: well so now we've gotten to modern day ned and so just kind of tell me like what um you're working on currently uh i mean tell me a little bit about the europe tour that you just got back from like um who maybe maybe give me a couple hints of like who to look out for like who's who's next up you know what i I mean yeah so just Um, like let's let's, let's start wrapping it up but like tell me a little bit about where you're at currently
1: currently um Living in Echo Park, little Pete. Fucking about to move to a new crib. Basically working on music. Working. A lot. On, I work. I'm working on music. Not like I am, but I'm not. Like I'm not making a lot of shit. Only because I'm helping people facilitate other shit. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I'm I'm trying to wait until I get in my new spot to where I'm like solo and just can focus on my shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now I fucking... I'm just selling beats, literally.
0: Yeah. Sell those reposts. I make uh, enough when you, money. When like, you sell beats, is it like you're selling leases where it's like you can rap over this, but I'm going to sell it to other people too? Like sometimes I try to give people like... like If you want an exclusive
1: beat, pay for the exclusive beat. Right. Um, but like I, m- I make enough, but I'm trying to get to the point where I'm making like royalties and all that shit, but I have to stop sampling if I do that. Totally. And, um, but yeah, fucking... I'm chilling now. Like I I'm at the point where I don't have to like work a normal job. I can wake up wherever the fuck I want. Nice. Like, you know, chill, eat food, hang out with my friends, fucking. But yeah, I'm always working on shit. I'm always helping people like facilitate albums. Yeah. Me and Ghost will probably do Damon Three soon. Yeah. Um I just dropped a tape with Slug Christ. Sick. Um peep shit. And that yeah, I was on tour uh in Russia and Europe. That was like the craziest experience I've had musically so far. Like Being out there, just seeing, like, I didn't think anything, like, I know I have fans here and shit, and, like, all that shit is cool, but when we go over there, it's like you're a celebrity, and we're not, like, super famous yet, but, Mm -hmm. like, the kids treated us like we were, like, gods, and it was, like, hella cool, like, I'd never signed that many autographs before, and, like, everybody's saying how much they've been following my shit, like, Russian kids love the whole, like, little SoundCloud scene so fucking much. That's tight. But yeah, it was it was amazing like seeing all those places in different cultures and Russian food's not that good, that's the only thing I have to say about that. <laughs> but um
0: Tell me, like, a couple artists that uh, are super rare right now that you feel like uh, are are next up. Because I, ta- I always I always mention you on this show as, like, you're the guy who has the ear for what's next, the same way that Speak used to have it. Where, like, I- I've told you before, like, Speak was the first person to tell me about Space Ghost Perp yeah, before I Space Ghost Perp was perp. anything. And I-, and I listened to it and I went, I don't get it. But yeah. Speak was fucking right. You know what I mean? So, like, you tell me. Who, who-, who are some people like that?
1: Uh, the new people? Yeah. That- to get hip to our six dogs mm-hmm. He's like the 17 year old kid From the Atlanta area mm-hmm. who, uh, who makes just like really cool shit mm-hmm. That fits in with what we're talking about We got him The con Who's hard as fuck? He's yeah. like a new age. Walker. I just like he's I mentioned
0: hard. him on a. Oh, so the episode that'll come after this is one with uh, Nappy Napa, mm-hmm. who is someone that you put me on to from the D.C. area. We yeah. talked about him briefly. And Khan, uh, he was here. Atomist Khan or uh, Atomos? Atomos Khan. Atom I always say his name wrong. I say everything. Atomos. Right. Atomos like like a, Khan.
1: It's like a group of four people, and he's okay. one of the members. Okay, so Khan. He's with me right now. He's yeah. at the crib. Yeah, so but, Khan uh, is somebody to look out for. He's Khan, cool as shit. Six dogs. Um, fuck. There's like some other people, like uh, Lil Lotus. He's really tight. He's like a singer too. Um, but th- those are like the main three right now because I-, I try not to listen to a lot of the shit um, that's surrounding me unless I'm working on it because I don't want to sound like everybody else. Right, totally. So, but yeah, those those are like the three.
0: Cool, man. Well, fuck, Ned. I'm glad that we finally did this. I know I've been, I, I've, we've been talking about it forever, and I've just always kind of looked at it as like, oh, you're the homie who will just come yeah, in that yeah. whenever because like you, you're just down yeah. like that. So, you know, I, I, I will say that like, it's been crazy to watch your progression over time, um, just from like. Being a goofy fucking Canadian kid that was hitting me on Facebook. Yeah, just but going for, to ham. But for some reason. Asking
1: for free beer.
0: Well, yeah, go, yeah, exactly. Going to ham and asking <laughs> for free beer. But for, for, the, here's the thing is like, out of all the kids that try to message me on Facebook or try to fucking email me or whatever, there was something. About you in your approach, that was the right way to do it. And I can't put Damn, my finger tight. on it, but it's just like, man, fucking be nice to people and people will talk back to you. Right. If you if, yeah. I think one of the things that you do best is like you kind of swallow ego ego and swallow pride, and you always do try to like help. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You try to help everyone. Respect and is very
1: important. Absolutely. That's me. what like, it is. And first impressions is like what I try to make sure I'm really good at, right? You know, exactly. Because so, if you have a whack first impression on somebody, you're never gonna get anything totally. like, out of shit.
0: And it's one of those things where, like, having known you as long as I have, and, and seeing knowing you from where uh, where you were at when we started our communication to watching now, I think a lot of a lot of people in in my position and age and all that would just go like, "Oh, fuck that, that's just a little homie." But I try to like not be that guy. So I'm like really yeah. just. Proud to watch you Thank like you, start to take over uh, this scene and 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 help facilitate so many people. Yeah. It's, re- it's really great to watch, and I'm and I'm hoping. That it goes even farther it's Yeah as man long, Ned. So, Timeline
1: of Ned You yeah. here first Kind of neat For real That was a very like This was your biography If yeah. anything
0: were to happen This is your autobiography Yeah that's like the
1: first time I told pretty much like, Time capsule time, shit
0: yeah. um, So tell people Where to find you online Because you are verified like, Oh
1: verified That's maybe, another thing Back in the
0: day I, I, I always I joke about this But I used to tell you like Yo Ned you tweet too much Like quit tweeting and you'll <laughs> I, I was like that. quit tweeting And you'll get more Twitter followers Now you got twice as many Twitter followers than me And you're verified oh And you still tweet all the motherfucking time. Uh, So tell people where to find you online.
1: If you just Google NetArb, it's N-E-D-A-R-B-N-A-G-R-O-M, like .com, backslash, do that. Just search netARb on Arb SoundCloud. Netarb. I took the Nagrom part off the name, like, when I get credit, because, like, it was becoming too, like... It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot to... Not on Nagrom. It, it, like. it,
0: yeah, it almost... Well, it makes me feel, like, dyslexic or something, because I would always end up accidentally calling you Negrom, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I even though I know that it's just, like, your first name backwards, like, yeah. I would still fuck it up just because it's so many letters that yeah. just looks like... It looks like a word it looks weird. Weird people yeah. think
1: it's some like weird European name, mm-hmm. like or they think Ned's my real name.
0: Right, it looks like a Viking name. Or something yeah, that's else. what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, that's right. why I
1: think it looks crazy. So that's why I ran with it. Right. But yeah, hit me up on Twitter.
0: Yeah, what are some of your favorite projects you've been involved with? If people wanted to get the Nedarb uh, starter kit,
1: Um again, Lil Peep, California that's Girls a, that's EP, that's highly it's some, suggested
0: for me. If, too. It's
1: on YouTube. The whole stream. Yep. Um, the shit I did with Ghostman. We have Damon One and Damon Two out. Mm-hmm. Um, Check out if you want to dive into my catalog, go listen to Emotion by Young Bruh. Um, anything with me and Gothboy Click, yeah, I don't know. Just, and fu- just Numb. Yeah, Numb. Numb by Horsehead is
0: a great one. Yeah, uh, a lot I, of the newer little peep shit too. You have a lot of beats on those ones, yeah. like on Crybaby and yep. on Hellboy, right? Yeah,
1: like Drive By, uh, fucking OMFG, We Think Too Much. There's yeah. a bunch of them. But right. um, yeah, and anything I used to do with Cray back in the day. But yeah, just check me out. There you go. <laughs> Fuck with me.
0: Yeah, this is this is a man who has uh, had a metamorphosis over time from being fucking Milo's little nerdy sidekick to yeah. being the most fucking turned up, thraxed out individual oh in God. LA, bro. Here we are. are. Yeah, we are. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate it. This was dope. Uh, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you can find me at It's Intuition. You can follow my man, Ben Shin, behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery, buttery. at I am database, based with two S. Uh, You can follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat. Get us to 3,000 followers. For Christ's fucking sakes, we're almost there. Just do it. I know you're not following us. I barely ever tweet from it, but just hit that follow button. Uh, Go to YouTube.com slash Kinda Neat where you can watch over – a hundred performances mm-hmm. I think at this point they're all fantastic they're amazing um, well some of them are, some of them are better than others let's, <laughs> let's keep it a hundred here but uh, yeah you can go watch our, our our buddy Ghostman is in the other room sitting yep. listening you can go watch his video which has been an absolute phenomenon uh, what else I think I mean I guess that's it that's it yeah you go to kindofneat.net to see it all wrapped up in a pretty package uh, that being said that was Ned it's I am it. Lee and this was kind of neat let's get it <laughs> So this I, song comes in? I gotta thank you. Man. song now.